Let's go to God in prayer and ask God's blessings on our time today. Father, we bless you and thank you for your word, the life-giving, life-changing power of your word. And I pray now that as your word goes forth, it will find fertile ground in our hearts and minds that we would be more than hearers, we would be doers as well. Have your way, Lord. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Have you ever tried to put something together without using the directions? <laughs> Maybe it was around Christmas time, right? And you were going to put that bicycle together or that, that dollhouse together or that easy bake oven, whatever it was. You were going to put that gift together. And, and here's what you decided to do. You were going to put the picture of your desired outcome up and then look at the picture and figure out how to put it together instead of following the instructions. So there you go. You're looking at the picture. Let me look, see what I have, how many ingredients I have, how many pieces I have. <laughs> and I don't know about you, but can I tell you the last time I did something like that, here's what happened. I ended up with a couple of extra pieces that I didn't know where they went. And, and here's what I told myself. See if this sounds familiar. Hmm, I wonder why they put these extra pieces in there. Because I didn't need those extra pieces to produce what I saw in the picture. But here's what I discovered. As I began to move and shift the piece that I put together around, I discovered that it wasn't as stable as it needed to be. And what I discovered was the pieces for which I saw no use, while it didn't change what I saw on the outside, it changed how it was structured on the inside. My brothers and sisters, that's the way many of us approach life. We approach life by looking at the picture or image that we want to attain or we want to acquire. We don't think about the instructions and what it takes to get there. We figure if we get there the best way we can, as long as that picture looks good, then we're good. So it's like the person who wants to invite you over to their house because they want you to see this picture of this brand new house, but they're only going to be in there a few months because they can't afford to be in the house. Or the picture of a person driving a fancy car. And you look at them and say, man, they got it going on. And you didn't know they were renting the car. Right? There are instructions that we need to follow in order to ultimately be successful in life. Not just what is seen on the outside, but who we are and our integrity on the inside. God has directions he wants you to follow. He has instructions he wants you to follow in order for you to achieve, acquire, and accomplish what God has planned for your life. Today I want to continue our series, Doing It God's Way. And I want to continue our series by looking at part two of how to follow God's instructions how to follow God's instructions. Now, 
Our foundational text for this series is 2 Samuel chapter 6. We began last week at 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 1, and we're covering verses 1 through 7 today. As we look at the move of David to move the ark of God from the home of Abinadab to Jerusalem to reestablish and reignite Jerusalem as the center of worship for the people of Israel. You will recall that the ark of God was captured in battle by the Philistines when after losing 4,000 men in battle, the Israelites said, let's go back and get the ark of God and bring the ark of God down into battle. And when the ark of God comes, it will deliver us. And the Bible says they went and got the ark of God, brought it down into the battlefield, and the children of Israel shouted and shouted so much so that the earth began to shake. The Philistine army heard the shouts coming out of the Israelite camp, and they said, man, what has gone on? What has happened? And the captain of the Israelite force said to them, fight like men. In other words, if you have never fought before, you better fight now. And they go into battling because the Israelites trusted in the object and not the God who was represented by the object. The Bible says in the first battle they lost 4,000. In the second battle they lost 30,000. The ark of God was captured, taken back to Philistia. When, when it got back to that land, uh, tumors and and all kinds of things broke out amongst the people, and, and the gods of the Philistines were, were, were bowing and were broken in the face of the ark of God. Uh, the Philistines sent the ark back on a new cart uh, with, with two uh, oxen. They took it back, and, and it landed in Abinadab's house, and that's where it stayed for several decades until David has this burden and passion to bring the ark of God back to Jerusalem. Every one of us needs to understand that we will be faced with choices and options in life. And, and what we have to determine, what we have to decide, is whether we're going to follow God's instructions or make up our own directions and follow our own instructions. Last week, I shared with you several things. Let's just go through them for the sake of review. Number one, you need to know how God instructs you to live. If you are going to follow God's instructions, you need to know how God instructs you to live. What has God said? And I believe every incident in life every situation and circumstance in life, the word of God speaks to directly or indirectly. You just have to decide if you're going to follow God's instructions or not. And here's what I will tell you. If the word of God does not speak to it directly, please don't feel justified in doing something that is contrary to what the word of God says about one area when it comes to obeying God in another area. Make sure you know God's instructions for your life. The children of Israel under David, 30,000 strong, go to Abinadab's house. But they apparently 
don't know the rules of engagement with the ark of God. Which leads to the second thing. Number two, you need to do what God commands no matter how you feel. You need to do what God commands no matter how you feel. How many times do your feelings guide you as opposed to God's word guiding you? Have you had any, any times when you said, you know what, I know what God says, but this is what I'm going to do. Have, come on, now, let's be honest. Have you had any times when you knew what God said to do, but your feelings got in the way? There are three feelings that can get in the way and cause you to miss God's bless, blessings in your life because watch this. These three things will be used by you to justify your disobedience. Here's the first one. A, don't use your ignorance as an excuse to disobey God. Well, God, I, I didn't know. I didn't know. Somebody who's committed a crime, accused of a crime, indicted of that crime, go to trial. If they stood up and said, well, I didn't know that was illegal, the judge would quickly inform them that ignorance is no excuse for breaking the law. Because the law is what it is. God gives commands. Don't use your ignorance of the word of God to try to say to God, God, you're not justified in chastising me for my disobedience. Child of God, you've got to know what God says in his word. B, don't use imitation of others. Don't use your imitation of others as an excuse to disobey God. The Philistines, they, they, they had the ark on a new cart. So, God, we're going to take the ark on a new cart. But that's not what God told them to do. So they can't turn around and point to the Philistines and say, that's the way they did it, so we're going to do it the way they did it. Because just like my mama told me with Reynard and Tony, just like my mama told me, one, they don't belong to me, and two, I didn't tell you to do that, and three, if he jumped off a building, that means you're going to jump off a building? Come on, didn't you say that to your mom? Man, well, they were doing it. But just because somebody else is, is disobedient doesn't mean you're justified in being disobedient, especially when you know better. And there's somebody who's watching right now. Listen to me carefully. You are suffering. Right now, Holy Spirit, help me. You're, you're suffering right now because of your willful, knowing disobedience. Because you have tried to imitate what somebody else has done. And because they have apparently gotten away with it, you think you should be able to get away with it. And God says, I have a different standard for you. That's why you haven't gotten away with it. See? Don't use your inconvenience as an excuse to disobey God. The command of God is very clear. Carry the ark. David starts off, he wants to cart the ark and not carry the ark. 
And guess what? If you had to go 11, 12 miles, it's a whole lot easier to transport something on a cart than it is to carry it. But the Bible says, and the command is clear, carry the ark. Now, somebody might say, well, it's so far away. Yeah, but I can hear God saying, if you hadn't taken the ark out of the temple and took it down in the battle under the wrong premise, then you wouldn't have to deal with the consequences of your disobedience. The only reason you got to carry it so far is because you didn't leave it where it belonged. And when you took it, you depended on it to save you instead of me. And because of your disobedience, now you have to deal with the consequences of your disobedience. Listen to me carefully. Man, when you've got to deal with the consequences of your disobedience, it is what it is. You've got to just suck it up. You've got to just take it and say, okay, Lord, Lord, you're right. I was wrong. Now, what do I need to do to get right? Today, I want to go to part two of how to follow God's instructions. One point, very simple. Here it is. You need to realize following God's instructions are always more important than your intentions. Following God's instructions are always more important than your intentions. Have you ever talked to somebody and here's what they said after they did something that they shouldn't have done? I didn't mean to do it. My bad. You know what? My fault. I own it. What I was trying to do, what I meant to say, but none of that matters when it comes to following God's instructions. See, when God looks at our intentions, our intentions are never a substitute for our actions. Our actions are what they are, our actions. You say, well, I didn't mean to do it like that. No, because if you didn't mean to do it, you wouldn't have done it. Actions are what speak, not intentions. Listen to the word of the Lord, 2 Samuel chapter 6, beginning at verse 5. David and all the people of Israel were celebrating before the Lord singing songs and playing all kinds of musical instruments, lyres, harps, tambourines, castanets, and cymbals. But when they arrived at the threshing floor of Nacon, the oxen stumbled, and Uzzah reached out his hand and studied the ark of God. Then the Lord's anger was aroused against Uzzah, and God struck him dead, because of this. So Uzzah died right there beside the ark of God. We're talking about following God's instructions and realizing God's instructions are always more important than your intentions. So they come worshiping, praising. It's a praise party. We're getting the ark of God. We're bringing it back to Jerusalem. And the Bible says they put it on the ark, and they're on their way back. And as they're on their way back, the oxen stumble. 
they were celebrating their progress even though they were progressing in a disobedient way. Listen to me carefully. Don't make the mistake of thinking short-lived celebration is a long-term justification for your disobedience. See, you can celebrate in disobedience, but celebrating in disobedience to what God has commanded you is short-lived. It won't last long. The Bible says that the oxen, when they reached the threshing floor of Nacon, stumbled and the ark wobbled. Uzzah reaches out his hand and studies the ark because he's afraid, obviously, that the ark might fall and hit the ground. And so to keep the ark from hitting the ground, he reaches out his hand and studies it. The name Uzzah means strength. Stay with me. Strength. Strength in himself or your strength. Now, remember, God had declared in his word that no one would touch the ark. If they did, they would die. That's what God said in his word. And the ark was never to be moved with the direct hand of a person but remember, the poles were supposed to be put in the four rings, two rings on each side, the poles made of acacia wood, and the ark would be carried by those poles. So they obviously knew enough to put the ark on the cart with the poles, but they chose not to carry the ark with the poles because it was 10 miles plus from Abinadab's house to Jerusalem. So they decided to move the ark like the Philistines moved the ark, and when the oxen stumbled, Uzzah reaches out his hand. Now remember, his name means strength, strength in himself. And here's what Uzzah thought. He thought his intention was more important than following God's instructions. So he reaches out his hand and studies his ark because he assumes that his hand is cleaner than the ground. He assumes that to touch the ark was better than the ark hitting the ground. Now, here's what's interesting. There's nowhere in Scripture where the Bible says the ark was not to touch the ground. But it was in Scripture that no hand was to touch the ark. What they did not realize was that the rules to not handle the ark were not to keep the ark from the ground, but to keep the ark out of the hands of man. Let me say that again for somebody. 
The rules of handling the ark were never intended to keep the ark off the ground. They were intended to keep the ark out of the hands of man. And whenever we try to do something in our strength, apart from God's instructions, we will always have to suffer the consequence of our disobedience. Uzzah acted, but he had no authority. He exercised his power and his preference, but he didn't have God's permission. And you need to know your intentions never outweigh, overrule, or override divine instructions. What did God say? Well, I didn't mean it like that. No, what did God say? I didn't know. What did God say? Well, they did it. No, what did God say to you? Let me make it clear. You will never be able to prosper in your life until God is at the center of your life, affecting every aspect of your life, and you are committed to following God's instructions over your life. Somebody right now, you're watching and you're saying, you know what, Pastor, I've been blessed in my life. And I'm not saying you won't be blessed. I'm just saying you won't be blessed as much as you could be blessed. Some of you wouldn't know how to handle the favor of God in your life on a consistent blessing and a consistent basis. You wouldn't know how to handle it because as soon as the blessings of God came in your life, thank you, Lord, you'd be waiting for the other shoe to drop. You'd be like, oh, it's too good to be true because you've never lived according to God's instructions in a consistent enough way. Most times, here's what we do. Does it look like God? Does it sound like God? Do we see any semblance of God? Maybe God is in this. Okay, you know what? I'm going to do this, and God, I want you to bless me. Instead of saying, God, what are you blessing? And then let me start doing what you are blessing. It's real simple. Please write this down somewhere. Your good intentions are never a satisfactory substitute for following God's instructions. I'm going to say it again. Your good intentions are never a satisfactory substitute for following God's instructions. You can have the right intentions to do the right thing, but if you do it the wrong way, it will not work out. Uzzah had the right intentions. David had the right intentions. But they were not doing the right thing in the right way. They were doing it in the wrong way. And because they were doing it in the wrong way, it couldn't work out. You have to make a decision to do things God's way. And can I tell you where we get in trouble with our instructions or with our intentions? Let me tell you how we get in trouble with our intentions. Well, God, you know my heart. That, that's, that's an intention-based statement. God, you know my heart. Lord, you know my heart. And I can hear God saying, yeah, but you should know my word. 
You want God to know your heart and then excuse your ignorance of his word based on your heart. And the Bible teaches us that our hearts are deceitful. God says, no, it's not about me knowing your heart. It's about you knowing God's word. See, the truth is most of us still have that Burger King mentality. We want to have it our way. We want to do it our way. And, and if we bother to pray after we do it our way, we're asking God to bless our way. We're not asking God to bless his way. No, we're going to do it our way. I'm not comfortable doing it that way. I, it doesn't take all of that. Mm, I don't know. It's not my personality. God, I hear you, but God says, okay. If you keep rejecting my instruction and embracing your intention, you are on the path to destruction. In order for you to find solutions to your pain, your predicaments, your problems, your difficulties, you must learn how to live your life according to God's instructions. If you are going to do it God's way, you have to learn to live life according to his instructions. Hardship and misfortunes can be overcome when you live life according to God's instructions. The labor of your hands will succeed when you learn how to live life according to God's instructions. Living life according to God's instructions will make you stronger, will make you wiser, will make you better if you learn how to live life according to God's instructions. So here's the choice. Your intentions or God's instructions. When I put that item together, and I was looking at that box. My intention was to reproduce in the physical what I saw on the box. And even though it looked just like the box, I missed some steps because I didn't follow the instructions. You know what I needed to do? This is what I had to do. I literally had to take everything apart, look at the instructions, follow the instructions, and when I followed the instructions, here's what happened. I ended up in front of me with what I saw on the box, and it was stable and secure, and there were no parts left over. Everything I needed to be successful was in the box. I just had to learn how to follow the instructions. Everything you need to be successful in life is in the book, the Word of God. You just have to learn how to follow instructions and watch God bless in an abundant way. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for your Word. Thank you for your Spirit. God, I pray for those under the sound of my voice, those who are listening, who have the spirit of Uzzah who want to do 
what they want to do in their own strength. Help them, God, to understand that their strength should never, ever be used as a substitute for their obedience to your word. Help us, God, to know our intentions are meaningless apart from your instruction. And help us to live a life that's obedient to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you and God be with you. Thank you for being with us today. Um, if you like our broadcast, if you enjoy being with us on the digital platform, my prayer is that you would like and share us with family members and friends. Let them know there's never been a better time for hope. Uh, my commitment is to share with you a real and relevant word from the Lord to help you become all that God wants you to be. It's not just about making you feel good, but on a deeper level, I want to help you become good so that you will learn how to stay good and live a life that's pleasing to the Father. Uh, if you'd like to ask Jesus Christ into your life, I want to give you an opportunity to do it. Let me give you some instructions. Um, go to our website, go to our app, and click on the button that says, I want to accept Christ, but how? And you will find there steps, a video recording to walk you through how to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. If you've accepted Christ as your Savior and you're trying to figure out what do I do now, especially on this virtual platform. Some churches are reopening, some are not reopening uh, their campus doors. Some are opening at a very limited number, 25% uh, capacity. You're trying to figure out what you can do. Uh, there are five steps that we recommend to you uh, to help you if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior. And if you're looking for a church home, uh, I want to offer to you uh, the Good Hope Church on our virtual platform. Um, we're about to launch some things that I've been working on, praying about, and we would love for the privilege to walk with you, to disciple you on a digital platform um, because we believe uh, that this is not going away anytime soon. And so if you've been watching with us, you'd like to become a member of the church, uh, you can click the button that says, I want to join the church, and you can join the church, and our commitment is to help facilitate your discipleship, your growth, and your development on the digital platform. Uh, for those of you who would like to support our ministry, um, there are seven ways that you can give to our members. Thank you so much for your faithfulness in your giving. Your giving has made a tremendous different difference. Uh, we're working on things on campus. We're uh, serving people in our community. Uh, we're still supporting our missionaries around the world, and it's all because of your giving. Uh, we're about to uh, launch our director of missions, Pastor Mark Sloan and his wife, Marshelle. Uh, they will be going to Uganda uh, on a full-time mission assignment, and we're excited about that as they are raising their support 
Uh, please be prayerful about that and how the Lord would have you to be a blessing um, as we continue to take hope to the world. Uh, if you've been blessed by this message, we would love to see you become part of this uh, new discipleship series, this life group series entitled Doing It God's Way. Now, somebody asked, they said, Pastor, what about the joy campaign? We didn't finish the book of Philippians. No, we didn't finish the book of Philippians. We got through chapter one. We're going to take a break. We're going to do the Doing It God's Way. Then we're going to come back and we will have our holiday season, and then beginning at the first of the year, we'll have the Joy Campaign 2.0, and we'll pick up Philippians in the second book. We didn't give up on the book of Philippians, too much in there, and I'm looking forward to what God has to say. But this series, God just kind of really put it in my spirit. Man, I've, I've been preaching and looking at this passage for several years, and, and God just really uh, unfoiled some things for me, and I'm hoping and praying that you're being blessed in this series, doing it God's way, doing it God's way. All right? Listen, don't forget, God is doing something wonderful in you. God is doing something wonderful in me. Let's encourage one another and learn how to encourage yourself. All right? Come on, put your hands together. Let's sing it together. God is doing something wonderful in me.